So the topic of this parak is the special rabbinic dispensation that applies in a situation where women's whereabouts are unknown. That the rabbinic said that although normally the definition of valid testimony is two qualified witnesses or people who are able to generally testify in court, if they have two of those people give testimony and then Yakum Dover, the matter can be established as a fact in Bezdin. Here, the Rabbanon relaxed the evidentiary standards and said that we can accept even less than two kosher witnesses to permit this woman to remarry. So the very least what this is saying is that even if one person, so meaning you know, one Jewish man, a man who normally can testify in Bezdin, but it's only one witness, if he comes in and says, Mace Bala, this woman's husband has died, I saw him die, we would then permit her to remarry with all of the explanations that we've seen about you know, how and why their brother were willing to rely on anything less than a full testimony to conclude this woman is, in fact, no longer an Sish, she's not married, and she can go now and get remarried. But it's actually already apparent from what we've learned so far that their brother went even further in their dispensation and are willing to even accept the testimony from an individual who normally is not qualified to testify in Besdin. For we have seen already that the Rabbanon are willing to accept the testimony of the wife herself. If she says, I saw my husband died, we could rely on her own testimony and permit her to remarry. Even though a woman normally cannot testify in Besdin. So our Mishnah says, indeed, Hakol Nemanim Lahaida. Any person will be accepted to testify. That woman's husband has died, and we can rely on the testimony to permit her to remarry, whether that's a woman or a Kanani slave, or a Kanani slave woman, or even hearsay if it's you know, aid me pay aid. Witnesses saying what another witness told him. These are all forms of testimony which normally would not be accepted in Bezdin, but they're accepted here for the purpose of permitting this woman to get remarried. Almost anybody's testimony would be accepted. The Mishnah states, Chutz, with the exception of the following relations of the woman whose husband's whereabouts are unknown, but there's an assumption that all of the following relatives resent their relative, this woman, and thus we are concerned that they're perhaps completely fabricating the testimony, knowing full well that the husband will later come in alive, and this will have severe ramifications for the subject of the testimony, as we studied in Perik Yud, Basically, they're going to purposely cause this woman to be in an adulterous relationship. That is, we have to be concerned that maybe that's what's going on, so we will not accept the testimony from the following relatives. Mechamosa, her mother-in-law, Baschamosa, her mother-in-law's daughter, in other words, her husband's sister, Vitzarasa, her co-wife, Vyavimta, or her Yavama, that is, the wife of her husband's brother. Finally, Ubasbala, her stepdaughter, since uh, these are all inherently contentious relationships, there's a rivalry often has to do with the concern that she may take away from their inheritance. We therefore cannot accept the testimony of any of these to rely on that testimony and permit this woman to get remarried. By contrast, we accept the testimony of even the aforementioned five women to testify about a divorce document that they bring from overseas, they're bringing it to Eretz Yisrael, they're bringing it apparently from her husband, they present it to the Besdin, and as we learned in the beginning of Masech Tiskitin, in order to process such a get, 
the agent needs to declare Bufane Nechtav, Bufane Nechtam. That basically this get was properly written and signed in my presence. It's indeed a valid, authentic get. Allah is that even if one of the five women listed here was the agent bringing the get from outside of Eretz Yisrael to Eretz Yisrael, delivering it for this woman, their statement of verification as to the authenticity of the get will be accepted. So that begs the question, Ma bin get lemisa? What's the difference? Why do we draw a distinction between their testimony as regards the validity of a get to this woman, which of course serves to permit her to remarry, versus the issue in Armasachta of determining that this woman's husband has died, on that basis to permit her to remarry? What's the difference? The Mishnah answers, Shaksav Mochiach. The key distinction lies in the fact that when an agent delivers a get, yes, the rabbis require that that agent verify the validity of the get. But that statement of verification is not the primary basis for permitting this woman to remarry. Rather, the primary basis is the get itself. When a document comes before Bezdin, a Bezdin which is trained in spotting anything suspicious about a get, you know, it looks like an authentic get, has signatures. Allah is that the document itself is viewed as if we have two witnesses in court testifying to the truth of whatever the document says, which in this case is that a husband you know, is saying to his wife in the document, you're hereby divorced from me. For you know, added verification, we have the agent to confirm for us that it's a valid get. But the point is that since the determination that this woman's husband, in fact, did decide through this get to divorce his wife, is not being made really through the agent's declaration of Bufane Nechtam, Bufane Nechtam, it's not a problem to accept that even if it's coming from a person who may have serious resent for the person in the get, the wife of the get was written for. By contrast, if one of these women, we assume, has resent for her relative, this woman whose husband's whereabouts are unknown, comes and tells us her husband died, it's that testimony which really is the main thing, the main piece of evidence that allows Bezin to rule that her husband has died, she may get remarried. And thus, if the person giving that testimony is not trustworthy because of the resent that we assume she has for the subject, we cannot accept that testimony. The mission now discusses some scenarios where we have a single witness, not somebody who hates her, a witness whose testimony we would accept on this issue, says her husband died, but where that's conflicted by at least one other witness. Misha says, Adam remains Venises. One witness came in, testified, this woman's husband died. And she then got remarried, or at least the Bez didn't give her permission to remarry. But then another single witness came in and testified the opposite, that no, I saw her husband is alive and well. He didn't die, it didn't happen as that first witness said. Bezdin does not rescind the permit they already gave this woman to remarry. For the Allah is that once the Rabbanan decide to make an exception and to say that we're going to accept the testimony of even one witness to allow this woman to get remarried, the structure that the Rabban gave to the dispensation is more than just, okay, we will accept this testimony even though it's from only one witness, but the Rabban actually gave the testimony itself a boost. The Rabban said that in a very real sense, we consider it as if two witnesses testified that this woman's husband died. That is, in the sense that should a subsequent contradicting witness come in and testify otherwise, we will disregard that testimony. 
For, of course, in a case where you have literally two witnesses pitted against the testimony of just one witness, there's no question that the testimony from the single witness is completely disregarded. So, so too, in this world of the rabbinic dispensation, the one witness who testified her husband died is given an edge over an opposing witness as if that initial testimony was given by two witnesses. Although, if the Bezin did not yet actually hand out a permit to this woman on the basis of the first testimony, and a different witness contradicted that, we wouldn't go ahead and give her the permit because of the optics. You know, it looks iffy. You know, the testimony was contradicted, so we wouldn't grant the permit in the first place if that first testimony was contradicted. But once it's accepted and we give her a permit, then the permit stands in spite of this contradicting witness. The Misha then says, Eight Omer Mace. If one witness testified, this woman's husband died. Ushnaim Omrim Lomes. The two witnesses testified otherwise that no, he didn't die. Allah is Afalpisha Nises Tetse. Even if she already got married to a new husband, and certainly if we're at the stage of the Bezna just gave her a permit to remarry, Allah is that she has no permit anymore. If she got remarried, she has to leave her new husband. Now, this is obviously the halacha. If the last two witnesses were regular kosher witnesses, there's nothing to discuss. If you have literally two witnesses up against one witness, then the testimony of the one witness is considered like zero testimony. And the Rabbanan did not you know, boost the single witness's testimony here in our case to the point that it would actually be any kind of match for a testimony of two witnesses. But the Gemara says our mission is coming to say that even in the event that all of the witnesses who testified are people who are not normally qualified to testify, like let's say they're all women, so in such a case maybe Rabbana did say that the first woman's testimony is boosted as if she's two, in the sense that that would beat out the later testimony from two women. Because you know, in any event, all the witnesses are not normally qualified to testify, so there's you know, more room here for maneuvering in terms of you know, how much strength to give each witness. The Mishnah teaches that no, we're halach achar of deos, even though everybody is person who is not normally qualified to testify, we follow the numbers and we say, look, the second testimony is from two women, the first is from one woman, so the rabbis did not boost the first testimony to the point that we can disregard the latter testimony of two women. And now we have to worry about that later testimony, and therefore she would have to leave her new husband. And the Mishnah teaches in the reverse case as well. Shnayim Omri Meis, Ve'ed Omri Lomeis. Initially, two witnesses testified this woman's husband died. And then later, a single witness testified he didn't die. Allah is, Afal Tinase. Even if Bezin didn't actually issue a ruling one way or the other yet, they no point yet told her you can get remarried. And we have this opposing single witness who's saying it's not true, her husband's still alive. Allah is, we would even in the first place tell her you're allowed to get remarried. Once again, this obviously is the halacha if we're talking about where everybody's a kosher witness. From the world of kosher witnesses, once you have two such witnesses, we would most definitely completely ignore a subsequent testimony from only one witness. But here too, the Mishnah is saying that, let's say, all of the people here are women, they're not normally qualified to testify, so that, again, you could start arguing, well, maybe we would give credence to the subsequent testimony of the one woman for the first testimony was from women too. So maybe, you know, if we didn't give the permit yet, we wouldn't allow her in the first place to get remarried. The Misha teaches that even to be lenient, we go by the numbers. It's two against one, so we can disregard the subsequent single disqualified witness, single woman, let's say, testified, 
And thus, we can continue to rely on the initial testimony from the two women to permit this woman to go and get remarried.